Here's a place where all of us can be safe. Our stories of transformation can be safe, and all the things we want to research are safe here. This is Safe Space with Cheyenne. I'm really excited you're here, and I hope you stick around for a while, because I've got a lot to show you before I leave Earth. I love you guys. Hello, my friends. We have our... Uh, one of my basically like favorite podcast friends is what I've I've come to know after all of our off-the-record conversations. Um, but Sean and I wanted to do an info episode today with you guys, touching on Odin, the misconceptions of Odin, and touching on a couple other things in Norse mythology. Um, you just got into runes within the last couple months, I would say. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Like the first time I met you, this wasn't a part of you at all. You were on a completely different path. Um, we really didn't talk about anything spiritual in your first interview. And then we yeah. did your follow-up interview, which you, you like messaged me. You're like, I'm ready. I'm ready for my follow-up. When am I coming back on? Um, and we got on the next couple of days. The transformation that you, your spirit, your soul, everything about you had had was, I mean, inspiring to me, but... It was also really cool to see you dive into your roots, like roots that you didn't even know you could tap into or possess or anything, and you've just flourished in it. And um, you found through a lot of your studies that there are some discrepancies that are going to happen over time. We're, we're playing telephone with time, right? So a lot of things get misconstrued with good intention and bad intention. And you wanted to come on today to talk to us not only about like your relationship with runes and Odin and all of you connecting to Norse, um, but then we have these really cool books that we both grabbed. And we wanted to show you guys and pull some stuff out and just, um, you know, really bring Norse mythology to the forefront of our conversation today. So Sean, yeah. yay, thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me. Dude, before we get into it, I got to say, man, I've never been a real fan of Celsius. But this Celsius, like, sparkling mandarin marshmallow, sick. So good. Sparkling water? Is that what that stuff is? I thought it was an energy it, drink. It's like an energy drink, but it's like a sparkling water energy drink. It tastes like mandarin and marshmallows. It's so good. Huh. I've seen my husband drink them, but I really, like, if it even looks like an energy drink, I won't touch it. I used to be addicted to energy drinks. It has zero sugar, and it's just so good. That's so interesting. Okay, well, you... I'm not sponsored, by I, the way. I know I'm you're just... not sponsored. <laughs> I'm not sponsored. Celsius. doesn't sponsor me either, but I got a latte today. You know what I'm saying? Right. Celsius, if you want to pick me up and sponsor me, uh, <laughs> I'll stop drinking Monster, I promise. Okay, Duncan. Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So Anyways, yeah. So where do you want to start with... Oh, Odin in general like do you want to start about how it came into your life in the last couple months and like even what studying runes has done for you oh yeah yeah so uh I think I've alluded to this before in the recording that you guys will hear months from now mm -hmm. but um uh, I really try to find my place in the world right now I'm trying to find where I fit in I've been I dude I've been in many different denominations of, of Christianity from from like uh, Mennonite to Apostolic, Pentecostal, non-denominational. I got this point in my, my life where I was like, dude, I don't feel like I fit in anywhere, right? And so 
started doing a bunch of research on a bunch of different religions like Satanism. Uh, first off, Satanism is, isn't as bad as everybody thinks it is. Um, yeah, Muslim, Buddhism. Um, and I, I kind of stopped. I was like, mm, don't need this journey. Don't want it. And it just so happened. Somebody was like, hey, man, watch Vikings. And I seen a bunch of people talk about Vikings. And I was like, All right, you know what? Like, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to look into it. I'm going to see what it's about. And so I started watching it. And I fell in love with how Vikings were portrayed through this TV show. Because they were warriors. They were fighters. But they were loyal to their family. They were loyal to their tribe. They were loyal to their people. Um, but they fought for what they wanted. And there was something about that that I was like, that resonates with me so much, right? I've never had anything handed to me. I've always had to fight for what I need, uh, fight for what I want, fight for my own approval for my person, right? But then, like, on top of that, I'm, I'm loyal to the people that I'm around. Um, I, I would literally cut my right arm off to make you feel okay if that was possible. Um, so I started diving deep into, you know, a little bit of research and – um, then the heart of Odinism came in and I, I don't think, you know, what the heart of Odin, you may know what the heart of Odinism is, but it You're pretty much states, today, bro. <laughs> so the heart of Odinism, it, it, it says we don't bend the knee in supplication. We don't ask or beg our gods for anything. Rather, we ask them for the strength to achieve our goals. And when I seen that, I was like, it was like a punch in the gut, dude, because like I've I don't believe in bowing to anybody. I bow to no man, right? I've had people say, oh, you know, this person bows to me. I bow to no man. I, I'd i much rather die on my feet than, than you know, die on my knees. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've always kind of rebelled against this idea that I pray to a god or gods to give me something when all I need is the strength to do it. Right. So I was like, fuck, yeah, this is this this resonates with me so much. And so I started doing some study and then I, I stopped because I, you know, human nature, we get comfortable in the positions that we're in. And so that human nature of me, I was like, man, I know enough. I'm good. Life happened. December happened. You guys will hear about it later on. Um, then, I, you know, uh, about a month ago. I walked into a Barnes and Noble and uh, I didn't know what I wanted to get. I was just like, I need something to read because I'm fucking bored. And that's bad because I don't read for shit. <laughs> I hate reading. Um, so I was walking around and I was in the religious section and like West Virginia is part of the Bible Belt. Maryland is part of the Bible Belt. That's not me. And I seen this book of rooms which it's like a whole sentence. It's this and then a bag of wounds. And I was like, oh. it spoke to me. It was like a light shined on it. And I was like, that's it. So I, I, I grabbed it. I, I started getting like buyer's remorse. I was like, I don't really need these. But something in me was like, take them home. Like, you need it. Take it home. And so, like, all right. And, and I was like, you know, I need something aside from Neil Gaiman. If you guys have never looked up Neil Gaiman, don't know who Neil Gaiman is. Great author. He covers Norse mythology. He's also the author of American Gods. Um, 
but I need something other than Neil Gaiman because Neil Gaiman, he breezes over, you know, the gods. He breezes over Norse mythology. He doesn't really get into anything heavy topic. And so I was going toward the exit, toward the mall, and then I seen this, Norse, The Tales of Norse Mythology by Helen Gruber. And I was like, holy shit, grabbing it too. So I grabbed it. And uh, I came home and I shot Cheyenne a message and said, look at what I got. She, she was like, fuck yeah, dude. So that's where we are. <laughs> accurate. Completely accurate. <laughs> Completely accurate. But it, it's weird. You know, I, I, I've, since I got into to like Norse mythology way back, you know, I've always been infatuated with the, with the Berserker, right? Uh, if you guys don't know, the Berserker was a, 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 an assassin, but he was a lone assassin. So he lived out on his own. He was secluded. He covered himself in bearskin. Um, people called on him when they needed somebody to disappear, but didn't necessarily want to do it themselves. He was a gun for hire pretty much. And I've always resonated with that. Even before I even knew what it was, just the figure of the berserker. He just looks like a mean son of a bitch. And he's got this gnarly ass bearskin like helmet, like headdress. And I was like, man, that's a bad motherfucker. And leading into my phase in life right now, I share with Cheyenne, uh, I was told that it resonates with me so much because that was one of my past lives. I was a berserker. And so I was like, fuck, this makes so much sense. So much so like I wanted to get the berserker rune right on my on my fist. Um and so, you know, Norse mythology is is where I'm at now. I would consider myself a universalist because I like to take the best out of every religion and factor them into the way that I live my life. But if I had to identify something, I worship the Norse gods. And your favorite ones for you to worship would be Odin. Odin, because he's a motherfucker. He he's like he's like the the yin to my yang, right? I'm nice, I'm kind, I'm you know, considered he's a piece of shit. <laughs> like straight up and you guys i'm gonna t i'm gonna i say that and everybody's everybody's gonna be like what no way but that's because the depiction of what hollywood has done to odin versus what the mytho or the 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 Eda says and all the books say and all the texts that we have says about odin everybody you know hollywood is romanticized odin to the point where everyone's like i want to be odin no you don't no, no. you don't I completely understand that because my knowledge is more about how we were raised with um, like thinking Zeus was a good guy and like even even his character and like Hercules and stuff like that. He's just like this lovable dad that just loves his kids and is just out here protecting stuff. And I'm like, Zeus raped a bunch of people. Okay. Like, Zeus yeah. raped Medusa and put her in a cave to silence her and not tell, like, so she couldn't tell anybody what happened to her. That's why Medusa became Medusa. Before that, she was a regular woman with two sisters just living a normal fucking life, just gallivanting around the hillside, singing songs and living life. And then this incident happened to her. She went to speak her truth and Zeus trapped her in a cave and was like, you'll never speak to anybody about this. Nobody will ever find you, da 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 And that's when it yeah. comes like the darkness taking over you and why she became the villain that she did. But her power was if you like looked at her with just like the disgust that you had for her from fearing her, she would turn you to stone. But it's because she never got to tell her truth. 
She was never yep. able to get the justice of what this hierarchy man did to her. And then Zeus, throughout the times, is just depicted as just this wonderful, wonderful God. And that's not the whole story. So the thing that I like about Odin is, yes, he's done some amazing things. He's done things that are just truly unimaginable to us. Whether you want to believe it's just a folklore story over time that he never really existed or whatever you want to believe. But he throws it out on the table. He's like, this is how I took over kingdoms. This is how we raped and pillaged. This is how we did this. And, yep, this is how I got my wisdom. Like, it's mind-blowing, but you really have to just kind of, like, take your hat off to somebody that's like, yeah, I'm the angel and the devil. Yeah. Absolutely. Talk with me. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think I think it's just crazy, like how people have had experiences with Odin. You know, when they've asked for him, or when they haven't asked for him uh, in in history, right? You were talking about your friend that has had him. I, I've had him, and no other people have had him. And it's astounding, right? Because it's like, and I hate to compare, but if you look at Christianity and you say God. Give me a sign. How, what, what, what's the likelihood of that that's going to happen? Right? Every single time. But are you going to recognize the sign? That's the thing. Yeah, that could be it. You know. But I, I know when I've, when I've been like, Odin, I need a sign because, dude, I'm, I don't know what the fuck I believe right now. Something's happened, right? And it wasn't even me looking for it, right? It was small, subtle things that if I didn't look and I didn't see them, I never would have noticed. And that's that's what was so profound to me, right? Um, I guess it's 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 more along the lines of asking the right questions and mm-hmm. requesting the right things. Um, so yeah, that. I, and on top of that, on top of that, you know, I I like Odin and I worship Odin because, um, and, and you guys will hear a little bit later on that Odin didn't sit around and just wait for shit to happen, right? He didn't say, oh, I will acquire wisdom one day. Oh, I, I'll, I'll acquire the knowledge to read runes one day. Now, this motherfucker went and sacrificed some things, right? And I, I respect the shit out of that. If you're willing to sacrifice things for a, a higher purpose, a greater knowledge, a higher understanding, to me, I have more respect for that than somebody that's going to wait around for for the world to change. I mean, I could even translate that into modern times where, oh, what is it? It's either April 15th or April 19th. I have it on my phone. It's like the the date of my spiritual awakening. So I consider it like a birthday for me. So like Cheyenne was born February 7th, 1991. And then I was reborn on this date. So this coming April will be my four year anniversary. So I still tell people, um, like, I'm four years old because I'm relearning everything. Like, I'm breaking all of all the shit that was told that I was and was supposed to believe and all this stuff. Um, of course, I lost my train of thought on that because I get excited about my new birthday. Fuck, what was I saying, Sean? I don't even know where I was going with that. I don't know where you're going with it because I'm not in your brain. I know, but it was it had something to do to connect with you. Odin. Yes. Okay. Thank you. So after I went through like coin term spiritual awakening, um, I did find that it was harder for me to talk to people the way I used to talk to when I was like 
basically asleep is what I'm just going to say. Um, and whether it was like my Claire's senses were more active and I was seeing more things and hearing more things was one of the things. But it was also like I was starting to realize like who was okay with just like not evolving in any aspect of spirituality. They were totally fine with eating the cake of Christianity or whatever religion had been given or passed down to them from their family members and just being like, this is what I believe, I'm fine with this, like I'm not going to go out of these parameters. And I've never been like that even when I went through multiple churches trying to figure out like what the hell's going on and like, again, like I still talk to Jesus because I've literally talked to Jesus since I was a kid. I haven't been talking to the Christianity Jesus, but that was the first one that was introduced to me through the churches that I went through. When I yeah. later went through like Ascended Masters, the Essenes and all of that, I 100% believe I speak with Jesus from the Essenes, from the curriculum of the Essenes, and I understand his take on unconditional love and love being the highest frequency in the universe. So I do talk to him, but I know that it has confused people because I'm so far out there in studying anything spiritual that they're like, wait a minute, you believe in Jesus, but you read tarot and you know, you meditate and you do like, these are not all Christian things. And I'm like, whoa, 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 buddy. Whoa. Like there's so much more to Jesus than just this like one Christianity thing. So I have really struggled in the last four years. Like it's kind of like new levels, new devils. But when you let go of people, as you know, you do vibe higher and more people start coming in that are on your frequency. Um, and it's not like it doesn't hurt like fucking hell when you lose those people because you sure shit love mm. them. Um, but there have been times where I've gotten with people that I love more than anything and they're just fine believing in stopping with that belief and just being like, yep, this is far as I go. And I am hungry. I am hungry for knowledge. I'm hungry for yearning. I was not a good student when I was younger. I was really bored. The only time I got really excited was when like we got to pick our own projects and our own reports and we got to deliver them ourselves. I would be really good. But other than that, like, I was always bored and I truly thought that I was like dumb and a bad student. And I mean, my grades really just tried to reflect that too. I was like, I don't know how you guys get straight A's. This shit's so fucking boring. So then after my spiritual awakening, I've always been a really big book reader too, but I've been building a metaphysical library since I dropped out of college at like 18, 19. And I realized how much I really enjoyed learning this stuff. I had no idea how I was going to apply it to my life but I really fucking enjoyed reading all this stuff. And now it's been four years. It'll be four years in April. And I have books on everything because I'm just so hungry not to attach myself to anything. I'm not yearning to fit into a certain religion, a certain theology like you, like you use the term universalist. Is that what you said? Yeah, no. totally, totally stealing that from you. Because I feel it all comes from the same place at the end of the day. I really do just think it's translated differently for times and people. And, you know, we could even go back to like the Tower of Babel, I think it is, where like the tower broke apart and no. everyone was strewn. That's where languages came from. That's why you live over there and I live over here and all that stuff. Instead of everybody at one time speaking the same language and knowing what the fuck we're all talking about. Yeah. whether that was a curse or not. But I have so much fun going back further and further and further and just learning. And again, observe, don't attach. I had a lady a couple days ago. She was like, when you talk to me, like I understand what you're saying and it does make sense. She goes, but my logical brain kicks in. She's like, and something like stops me and stunts me. 
She goes, so I'm really curious how you're able to digest all of the different conflicting informations that you go through and interview all the time and you're still like so accepting and so open-minded about it. And I'm like, I'm not branding myself with each conversation, right? Like I'm learning from everybody that I talk to. Everybody that talks to me, you are not only presenting yourself to Cheyenne, but you're presenting yourself to my intuition. And my intuition is gonna, like you, when you saw the runes, it was like, do, 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 like it sticks out to you. You're gonna be like, that's for me, that's not for me, that's for me, that's not for me, for my journey. Might not be for you. What you get out of this conversation and I get out of the conversation, not gonna be the same thing. But we're still talking about Odin and Norse mythology. Um, yes. And I'm a big fan of Freya. I've always been a big fan of Freya. Um, before I even connected my like ancestral roots all back to anything Norse, I always wondered, again, just from the Christian programming that you know, we don't believe in anything like that. Um, I was like, I always, I feel an attachment to this person. I don't feel it's evil to look into this. And I've had, I've had discussions with, I don't want to call them like closed-minded people because I think that's rude, but just people that are just good where they are. And I find that that really is my biggest struggle now in the world is there are so many people that are just like, Yep, I'm good where I am. I don't need to evolve. And it's just proven to me, like, if you're not growing and evolving in any format of spiritual or growth or anything, I mean, ignorance just sets in. It's just a default. And then, like, the jadedness kicks in. You have other people that are actually striving to be better versions of themselves or just know more, even though you can't know everything. And, um... Yeah, it tends to sometimes make me like really socially awkward. I I love doing the podcast like you do. Like we're our, we're in our own little safe spaces. Like mm-hmm. I staged this shit before I called you. You know, like I did some yoga, did my stretches. I was like, hey guys, let us know what you want to talk about. Thanks. Cheers. Yeah. You know, but um, that is probably like the downside of the evolutionary thing is I found like people like you that I can have these amazing fucking conversations with. I can say anything to you and you're like, that's trippy as fuck. Yeah, that's cool. I'm going to check that out. Cool. And then there's other people that are like, you're absolutely insane. You're probably just going through a psychosis and you need a therapist and probably to be medicated. You know, as a society, uh, and I say as a society, just blanket statement, we've stopped trying to evolve. We've stopped trying to, uh, pursue the things that matter, right? We've we've looked toward technology and we've advanced technology, but yet we're destroying everything else or we're letting everything else be at a standstill. And 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 that's so so true when it comes to to religion, right? And 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 you hit on it, you know, going into a scenario with an open heart, open mind, because you learn something every single time. And that's what I do. I I, I go into every scenario, whether I'm talking to veterans who are just getting into recovery and I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm talking to them. I learned something from them because uh, I could be day year three sober and those day one guys have a knowledge that I don't have. And it's like, well, okay. You know, I, I feel like if I go into a scenario, open heart, open mind, I'll receive some, but also it's the same. It's true with religion, right? If you go into a, a religion one religion with an open heart and open mind, you're going to receive something from that religion or from that text that you absolutely need, right? I, I do AA from time to time. It's a Christian-based 
pretty much Christian based uh, program is starting to become more accepted now as as more of an open you know religious where uh, religious belief system where you you can believe a doorknob you can believe in a doorknob and that's your higher power. But if you go into everything, you'll you'll receive exactly what you need. Maybe not what you want, but what you need. And that's what I've tried to do, right? So, like, um, I, like I said before, I've studied in, uh, I studied up on Satanism, and everybody says, "Oh, Satanism is bad, right?" No, it's not really. It's self worship, right? You're your own god. Uh, nobody's higher than you. You know, you, we they don't turn the cheek if they get hit in the face, right? They, they, they don't seek revenge and all the misconceptions that people have heard about them is completely bullshit. Some of my best friends are Satanists. Some of my best friends are Norse pagan Christian. It doesn't matter, you know, because we can all coincide in this thing that we call earth uh, together and, and really impact each other. And so um, the universalist mindset is, like I said, when I, I take certain things from different religions and I, I pull what I like and I leave the rest and, and it just works for me that way. Yeah, I think that's one of the best ways because I'm not really big on labels. I think labels are limiting. I use them when I have to. And then usually um, I follow the moon cycles, thinks my best friend's an astrologist. So even last night she's like, don't forget, tonight's the full moon. Make sure you do your release and your gratitude and all that. Light your candles, do your fun stuff. Set out your moon water if you want to. I wasn't feeling moon water. Um, I was really feeling like connecting with myself on paper and releasing a lot of the things that I had worked through the last couple months. And um, I'm always like, okay, like what new labels have been tried, tried to be put on me recently that I've either put on myself or others have put on me? Because I mean, especially when you have a platform where like I'll go through, you know, like the, the podcast guest platform we're both on and like you'll kind of scroll through and whether you see if you want to be a guest on somebody's show or see if you want a guest to be on yours, you're reading like a lot of the people are using the same verbiage because that verbiage is popular to attract people to yeah. come work with you. And yeah. I was just like, I don't have like a title like that, like there's so many people that even if they're like a Reiki practitioner or quantum touch or they're this or they're this, they're like, this is what I am, this is what I do. And I'm like, I do not have a title. Like my human name is Cheyenne and my spirit's name is Moonbeam. And if you wanna know what I do, like you're probably just gonna have to have like a conversation with me and we're just gonna, you know, throw some shit back and forth at each other and see if we kind of vibe. But I have, it's one of those, it's kind of like a block in me that I've had to keep consistently pulling away from me because I'm like, I don't need a label to succeed. I don't need to come in here with my business card and be like, here's all the things that I can do for you. Here's all the things that I'm studying. Here's all the things that I'm embodying. And here's the things that'll come in the future. But I really struggle when I have to go and go out of my wheelhouse of even guests or like, what topics I want to talk about because I'm like I'm not a I'm not a Reiki master I'm just studying Reiki you know yeah. I am yeah. I'm able to do my own sessions but they're my own thing I've learned it one way but the way it comes out of my body is completely the way that I'm supposed to do it and it's yeah. Nice lighting, nice essential oils, a really great playlist that is catered to the person and crystals catered to the person because we're all different. And I think of it, right, like if you went and, went and got a massage, right, um, and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to get like a deep tissue or a Swedish or whatever. They do the same routine on everybody no matter what. 
Like yeah. you and I will go into the same one. They will literally touch our body the same way at the same time, no matter what. I could have more shit going on in my shoulders and you have more shit in your lower back, but still the same routine. So yeah. I struggled even getting into energy work because like we're learning how to do it like the way that it's been taught for so long. But I'm like, yeah, well, when I do it, I feel this sensation and my hands do this and I see this and I hear this and, you know, like, is, is there something wrong with me? Because like, I, I'm not fitting into this box either. Right. Yeah. And I realized, I mean, at the end of the day, if you really are a channel and a conduit, it's going to come to you the way that you're supposed to present it through your DNA, through your fingerprints, through your individuality. Like that's your expression of the divine. So Absolutely. not that I want to like take anything and like make it my own and blah, 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 blah. But I still think that there's a way that information comes to us and we're supposed to interpret it differently because that's our mark. That's what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to be like everybody else. And I have seen that type of toxicity because people want to be validated or popular or get clients or whatever they want. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, really like hop on Zoom, come meet me for a cup of coffee for like 30 minutes and let's just see if we vibe. Like no's are free all day. The yeses are where it starts getting expensive. The, uh, the only label I prescribe to is uh, pro wrestling. <laughs> I had to do that. I kept I thinking of it. <laughs> fucking love you. Okay, so starting on Odin, um, I have stories that I want to read, but I want you to talk about like the misconceptions that you're bringing up that's been mm. passed. Like, I don't really want to start on the fact that the Marvel movies are all freaking wrong, because if anybody's trying to get any of their information from those, I'm sorry, it's wrongo. They got their names right. That's about it. <laughs> that's about <laughs> it, you know? Like, it's a cool story, bro. Um, Actually... The misconceptions for me started when when I started looking into it was when <laughs> it's gonna be funny when my ten year old came to me and said, "Hey, Dad, what's your favorite mythology?" Ten years old, I was like, "What the fuck, kid? Like, how do you know what a mythology is?" And so, well, what is your favorite? She said, "Norse pagan." She said, "Norse mythology," and I said, "Oh, well, that's mine too," and. She started telling me all these stories that I knew, and I was like, God, kid. Like, not even reading them. She's telling me these things. And I'm like, what the fuck? Blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. And I was like, well, I need to get educated. Because like, my 10-year-old is educating me, schooling me. I need to be able to tell her something. Did she learn it at school, though? No. No, absolutely not. She has a book at home of all these different mythologies. Oh, very cool. Very yeah. advanced for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, so I was like, okay, that's crazy. And so, like, her and I got on the topic of, of common misconceptions, and she was like, Dad, do you know that Marvel has it all wrong? Literally said that to me. And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, Odin, he's not fat. And I said, I know. And she was like, she's like, he's not happy. I said, I know. And she was like, Loki's not even his son. I was like, I know. So, Real quick, you know, what Cheyenne was talking about with the misconceptions of, of Odin. Um, Odin's not fat. He's not a jolly dude. He's not one of those guys that's like hipster, like, hey, bro, blah, 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 blah. He, he doesn't look like a destitute Santa Claus. Uh, he doesn't look like a <laughs> destitute Santa Claus, and he's definitely not Russell Crowe or Hopkins, Anthony Hopkins, sorry. 
Um, the way that he presents himself is very disheveled, much like myself. I don't look disheveled, but much like himself, uh, much like myself, long flowing hair. Sometimes he's, uh, you know, depicted having a bald head. He wears this long cloak with a helmet or long brimmed hat. He's got a spear in one hand. He's got his ravens on his shoulder and he's got his wolves by his side. And that's one of the misconceptions is people think that he's just a jolly fat dude. In reality, the man's a fucking warrior. Anything. He's a warrior. He's not he's not some some yeah, see. So yeah. Some, my book, just so it pops up because I know it goes back and forth when we talk, like this is him thinly hanging from a tree, long hair. Cause when I saw this too, I was like, that's Odin? Oh man, yeah. like even, I mean, I've fallen for the misconceptions as well, just because it's in popular culture. Yep, yep. And uh, another, you know, misconception is that, you know, I, I spoke on Loki, Loki is not his son, Loki is his brother. Um, and and uh, another misconception, which which is that picture, and, and it's not even a misconception, it's more along the thoughts of thinking and logic, right? Um, and, and I think Cheyenne's going to go into it, but, uh, Odin hung on a tree for nine days to gain the wisdom of the runes, right. And, and really what they meant and how to read them and how to project them into, uh, into life and speak life into them. But he hung from a tree, right. And, and part of the way through, he, he sacrificed, uh, you know, his blood and his flesh so much like the Christian Jesus, he took the spear and put it in his side now. If the man's hanging from a tree, can't necessarily go down and grab this spear that's on the ground. So uh, my thought is he had to have hung from his feet because not only there's also some some depictions of him hanging from his feet. Can't reach down if you're hung by your neck. Right? You're reaching down. It's not going to happen. So he had to have been upside down. And then on top of that, what they talk about it, after he gains the knowledge, after he reaches, you know, after the runes present themselves, because of his sacrifice, he reaches down and grabs them. You can't necessarily reach down, reach down if you're hung by your neck. You gotta be hung by your feet. So that's why he's called a hungman. But also, Odin has a fuckload of nicknames. The All Father. Do you know why he's called the All Father? No, you're teaching me today, remember? Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> remember? Remember? Okay. Yeah, I remember. I was just asking. <laughs> Anyways, he's called the All-Father. People think that he's he's called the All-Father because uh, he's the beginning of everything. He's the beginning of all. In reality, he's the All-Father because he accepts everybody, right? If you look at Norse paganism now, Everybody is accepted. I, I can't tell you how many times I've gone on TikTok and there's been people that are saying, hey, I'm trans. Uh, do I fit in the Norse pagan religion? Yes, you do. You're accepted. Hey, I'm gay. Hey, I'm this. Hey, I'm that. The, a label doesn't matter. You are accepted. That's why he's the all-father because he takes everybody. He takes all of you. Whether you're Christian and you're converting into Norse, you know, Norse paganism, or you or you're atheist and that's you find your place. That he's the all-father. You know, he's he's the great huntsman. I mean, there's like so many fucking nicknames for this man. It's insane. Like I thought that I had a lot of nicknames. This man has a lot of nicknames. So uh, some of the nicknames, you know, the hang the hung man. 
or the the hanged man. He's another one. Um, just there's so many different nicknames for for Odin. When you hear one, you're like, yes, that's him. I had a list of them in this book, but I lost my bookmark because I was really interested in the page that I have that says Lord of the Gallows because it even like gave the Norse definition of what runes means. So mm. like I just remember like randomly flipping through this book and the first page that opened was page 70 and it was Lord of the Gallows and it was the story that you just said, which I'll read it in detail when we're done here. Um, because it was the first time that I, like, with intention, actually sat down and read it and, like, pictured it. And I, I didn't I didn't come to the same conclusion as you that I was like, oh, that, I guess that would make sense if he was hung by his feet, that he was able to grab all the stuff on the ground. Because even in the picture that I just showed previously, he's pretty high up on the tree. Yeah. You know, like, there, he's not he's not grazing the ground or anything. Like, he really climbed up there and did that to himself. And, I mean, maybe that's to, like, harden his image over time. Or maybe it's just something that, like, my human construct can't understand. Somebody hanging by their neck for nine days and actually surviving, which is what makes the story so powerful. Because it's just like, oh, you must be a god to be able to have that power. Yeah. Um, but, oh, I wish I'd have that page because it was like... The one-eyed man, one-eyed yeah. old man, the the gray man, I think, is one of them. All Father yeah. was another one. Yeah, um, there's, there's a list I have in here, I think. I'm like, there's no way I could find it at this point like this. Yeah, and and so, I mean, like, it's just, it's insane. There's there's so many different depictions of of what Odin looks like and, and all that. And everybody, here's another one, is everybody thinks that, like, Valhalla is this place where you're going to go and you're going to have a jolly old time and you're going to drink. And and uh, the four, the three, the three Fs, fight, fuck, and feed. So much more than that. <laughs> I mean, the reality is, it's so much more than that. And and people don't really have that grasp, that, that concept, like... And they, they don't grasp the concept of the Valkyrie. They can't grasp the concept of the Halls of Freya, right? So, like, not everybody that dies in battle is going to go to Valhalla, right? You're chosen by the Valkyrie to go to Valhalla. And that's only through the through the the blessing of Odin, right? So Odin, Odin picks you and says, go get him, go get her, go get them. And bring him here. And it's not like you just pop up there and you're like, oh, hey, dude, how are you doing? Let's go eat some some boar and let's go get, you know, fight each yeah, other until we die. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're actually invited into the, the halls of Odin. You're you're brought in. You stand in front of Odin. Odin personally says, welcome to the halls of, of Valhalla. This is where you spend the rest of your, your existence. And that's it. Like, you just... You you sing you sing you sing you know tales of battle. You eat, you drink your meat, you go out, you fight great battles all the time. When you die, it's kind of like you hit a reset button. It's crazy because you boom pop right back up. Boom, you just keep doing it until until the bell rings and then you come in, you eat. Boom, it's all over again. The Valkyrie are there and they they cloak themselves as 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 like virgins or whatever and then you just yeah it's it's fucking wild it's madness 
But again, it still shows like whether it's mythology, religion, theology, whatever, yeah. like everybody has a place and they're like, hey, if you believe this, this is where you're going. This is what we're offering. Yeah. And I'm like, where, what dimension is that in? You know, like my yeah. little science brain kind of kicks in. And I'm like, what frequency are you vibrating mm -hmm. on to like to where your soul's essence actually goes there, you know, based on what all of us believe? Because yeah, I'm a little past the, it's just heaven and hell and earth between. Like, there's definitely more going on in the frequency realm. Especially with all the really fun UFO stuff coming around. Whether it's government themselves or <laughs> there's actually, you know, higher activity yeah. going on. But it still makes you wonder, like, where are you coming from? And I'm, I'm really into densities, frequencies, and vibrations and dimensions more than I am. Oh, there's just a bunch of sky up there. Yeah. You know. Um, I will say, I do not know how to pronounce the tree that he hung himself on. It's yeah. Y G G D R A S. Yes, Mr. Jill. Okay. Yes, Mr. Jill. You did a fantastic job. The world tree. Yes. Um, and I guess I like Avatar is one of my favorite movies, one and two, and can't wait for the last one to come out. Or the I think they have two more coming out. But I always found it that it said it was the epicenter of the Norse cosmological system. So that reminded me of like Home Tree and Avatar when I was reading that. Yeah. Especially because, yeah. I mean, that's where the war was fought in an Avatar. But that's where he decided to hang himself. Which, do you mind if I read the story in full Go for, for people? Go for okay. So again, this is from the Definitive Guide of Norse Mythology. If you want to pick up your own, this is page 70. It's called Lord of the Gallows. Um, like you said, I'll read past. I'm still going to read the part where, because it says in this book, he still hung from his neck and that's how he's depicted. But I still love the, the actual thought process of the fact that it would make sense if he hung from his feet, even though he still slashed himself with a spear, which is, ow, right? Yeah. Sounds painful. But it says... Before Odin set out on his quest for knowledge, the runes, an ancient set of alphabets, alphabets used in the earliest Germanic languages, were hidden from the world. The word rune literally means secret in Old Norse, and the true mastery over the runes was believed to be the key to many forms of sorcery and spiritual abilities. Odin, eternally eager for knowledge and the gathering of secrets, knew that the runes were hidden at the bottom of the well of, is that Yurd? U-R-D? Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. One of the potent magical wells that feed the roots of the tree that I can't pronounce. <laughs> the runes had a will of their own, however, would not be revealed to the unworthy. An act of sacrifice and bravery was needed before they could be understood. So refusing assistance of any kind from the other gods, Odin hung himself by the neck from one of the highest branches of the tree and impaled himself with his magic spear, determined to endure until the runes revealed themselves to him. He stared down into the well for nine days and nine nights without food or water, bleeding and freezing in the brutal winds of the high branches, half dead, and on the ninth night, the runes finally revealed themselves to him. In moments, the shapes of the runes were burned into Odin's mind, and he understood all the secret knowledge they held within. Finally, with a scream, which is probably where the infamous Viking scream comes from, Odin cut himself down from the tree, armed now with a series of spells, charms, songs, and secrets that only he would ever know. Odin carved magic runes upon his sphere, into the teeth of his horse, and upon countless other creatures and objects, marking them with unique powers, protections, and abilities. 
From then on, he was known as the patron god of the gallows and of the dead, as some part of himself died that day in exchange for knowledge. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and I just remember reading that for the first time, being like, wow, how powerful, how sacrificial. And, like, I have a yearning for knowledge, but thank God I live in this time and place where it's everywhere. You know, you can pick up whatever you want. But back then, to go into some spiritual aspect and do that, it's just like, what a sacrifice. So, like, I'm reading this page, and I'm like, what what a cool, sacrificial person, right? And then you go over to the next page, and it tells the story of Odin and Billing's daughter and how he he kind of has, like, the trickery of Loki, in a sense. It still runs in the family, right? And how he helps this king but gets this king and gets this daughter and eventually what he ends up doing to her because she denied him so many times, which is what I found hysterical. But I was like, from one page to another, like – it kind of is like a Jekyll and Hyde in a sense, because he did do a lot of good stuff, but um, just the mischievousness of coming back and returning and, you know, like almost putting on a different face to try to trick her into marriage, so to speak, I just thought was extremely interesting and kind of comedic, but maybe because I like that sense of humor. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it blows my mind or, you know, it, it blows my mind that people don't know that most of the days of the week, if not all of them, are named after Norse gods. You I've know, heard this. Uh, I need I need to be taught again. Okay, so uh, Wednesday, or actually, anyways, I was I was looking at it, and it says the father of gods and men uh, in mine in my book on page fifteen. It says Odin, Woden, or Woden was the highest and holiest god. Of the northern race. Well, if you look at those names, uh, Woden uh, or Woden uh, is is referred to referred to Wednesday or Woden's Day. So Wednesday, which is which, when when you look at historically, when when Norse when when the Norse would go worship Odin, it was on Wednesday, Woden's Day. Oh, that's interesting. Exactly. Um, and, and Thursday is Thor's day. Uh, and, and Tuesday, I believe is tears day or it's tear the, the God of war. Um, so there's, I'd have to look at what every single God was named after. Uh, I, I think, uh, Friday's day was, or Friday is, is Freya's day. And so like each one of, each one of the days of the week is named after a certain God that's prevalent. In, in Norse Norse mythology, um, so that's very interesting, and a lot of people don't know that. Um, but yeah, there's there is a lot to uncover about Odin, um, and a lot to to um, talk about with Odin. Uh, we were talking about the spear, um, uh, Gungnir, and and that spear kicks off every single one of the battles. Um, is there magic is, to it? I don't know. I don't know anything yeah, about a so, spear. So, so is it kind so, of like Thor's hammer and um, some yeah. trident that I can't think of at the time? Uh, Mjolnir. Mjolnir, yeah. Okay. So, so, so Gungnir is, uh, was made from the branches of the world tree. Um, and it, when, when it's thrown, it never misses its mark. 
it's almost like Hawkeye from Marvel. It never misses his mark. But when when Gungnir is thrown, it always hits what it's intended to hit. And that always it always kicks off the spear or it kicks off the uh the battle, whatever battle it is. And now every single one of, of Odin's the lore has a reason behind it, right? The helmet is the helmet of knowledge. So I mean he is already the most fucking all know like all knowing person in, in history, but that keeps uh kind of knowledge contained, I guess. Um and then the hat and the cloak are meant to disguise him, uh, you know, as, as a normal human being or like as a regular human being. Um, and then uh, the the ravens, um, one is is um, Mumir or uh, Mimir, which is, is memory. And the other one, I can't remember the fucker's name, but... <laughs> it, that's the raven that raven is is uh is the raven of of knowledge yeah that's the one that goes out into the other realms that he yeah. can't go to gets the knowledge and brings it back to him yeah but yeah. It, it it predominantly goes goes to midgard um and so it it goes you know from midgard back and then he's got his wolves which are the wolves of the hunt and uh so yeah and they're usually depicted sitting at his feet right yep yeah yep yeah, and then his throne. There's a whole thing about his throne, and and he's got a horse with nine legs. I don't even know how a horse has nine legs, but it's mythology. Yeah, yeah, yeah the horse. Mo- most people, one of the one of the ways people know that that Odin is present, and this is during um, during a festival. I think it's during the thing, a gathering, and in, in Norse uh, Norse mythology or norse paganism it's called the thing that that's what it's called it's called the thing hey we're going to the thing all right cool i'll grab my Darn. i'll meet you there yeah we're gonna go to the thing to do at, at the place um and and so one of the ways that people knew or people back in and um way back in the day knew that odin was 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 there was uh there's the flying horse in the sky and so they would look up in the sky and see that he was there and they would say, Hey, Odin's here. And then, uh, that would necessarily give, or that would give Odin's blessing to the gathering and then, you know, provide feast and, and celebration. So do you know the story about Odin's eye? Yes. So I, I knew that like how he got the information of the runes from the well and all of that, but I always thought it showed I think some people could interpret it as greed of knowledge to have power, but I saw it as a yearning for knowledge and yep. consistent understanding and like protection and power over his people and all of that. Um, but when I was reading it, I thought it was interesting that he went to a giant because mm-hmm. at the time, like before he like rode off into the night, um, he like got word that Loki was learning evil ways from the giants. And he obviously, like, needed more knowledge. So, yeah, this raven goes out um, to other places. Uh, His knowledge is still limited to a certain realm, even though his raven can go far past that. So I really thought, again, he goes with his vessel, goes to this giant, and he's like, hey... I, I need some help from you. And he's like, well, I'll help you how I can. But, you know, every piece of knowledge kind of has a sacrifice in all these stories. 
and in turn for his eye, he gets to drink from this other well that now gives him the knowledge of all the nine realms. And again, I put myself in any position, like any story that I hear to be like, how the fuck can I handle that? How could you handle all of that knowledge? You know, God or not, even being in some type of human vessel, it's just like, how do you process it? Where does it go? Does this where the Akashic records come into play? Because your brain can't really hold all of that, right? Like, it's just not humanly possible. But I guess when we're talking about gods, like, they're already divinely connected to everything. Like, they have a consistent, like, seer-like channel is kind of what I would think about it. But I just still thought it was so interesting because, again, like, wells are very popular in Norse mythology, whether for reflection or hey, there's mystical, magical powers down there. Um, You have to attain them in so many different ways. But I just, like, water holds knowledge. So the fact that they're going to wells in any facet, or you're drinking from the cup of immortality or the holy grail, you're, you're always drinking some type of liquid that holds this knowledge or this power in it. And I just find it so freaking fascinating because, again, he's like, yeah, you can have my eye. Yep. Yep. Nope. That's well, that's totally fine. I got two. Two parts of it. So with the eye, you know, him giving up his eye. What a lot of people don't realize, and what when you start to read it, is he gave it up without hesitation. Like he literally is like boom, mm-hmm. like there was no thought behind it. He instinctually boom because he wanted that knowledge. Uh, the second part to it, that you were talking about water, and I was going to bring this up. You know. Uh, before you, you start talking about it is, is is water is very prominent when it comes to most every mythology, but specifically Norse mythology, because water creates life. Right? If you look at a lot of a lot of symbols and and, and why they are the way that they are, uh, a lot of the symbols that represent a woman are you know, cup-like because they create life, right? Um, so that is, is is another thing. A well is cup. Um, you know, if you if you look at a cup, it holds fucking water. <laughs> I even think if you go to the zodiacs, like I'm an Aquarius, right? So I've spent a lot of time looking through, not just like, oh hey, these are the traits of an Aquarius, but like the symbolism yeah. behind, like. Why is, why is it a woman, like, holding a pitcher of water and carrying it out? And, like, the container holds this that has a specific meaning. The water that's pouring out into the stream that goes off into other people, the water is knowledge, and it's yeah. spewing out. And after the water spews out, the almost, like, invisible water particles that, like, the wind picks up and takes, that's knowledge being spread. And I was like, okay, I know that you can program water. Like, it's been scientifically proven, so, like... I'm yeah. there. I'm I'm totally there with any time I drink my water, I'll be putting all kinds of love into it. Um, but even, like, you find it in, like, one facet. Like, okay, the Aquarius sign and Zodiac, great. There's a couple other signs that I could bring up, but, of course, I'm an Aquarius, so I only know my own sign from heart. Um, but then you go to this mythology, to a bunch of other ones that are escaping my mind right now and it really all has to do with water being this channeler 
to to and from places, even like dimensions, right? Like you can go back to, like I brought up Sears earlier. All of the, any depiction that I've seen of a Sears is looking into a well of water and the knowledge is coming up through it. They're putting the intention into the water to show me this. And this is like, these are the images and the visualizations that are coming out. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I just think you it's... Know. Very cool. Water you know, is overrated. One one of the big another big thing, another big mythology is is the native mythology. They uh or, or na- the native way back in the day, they always planted themselves next to a river and it wasn't because oh, it's just a river. It's because there's spiritual aspects to water, right? There's spiritual um there's it's a spiritual conductor. Um also it feeds the crops. It, it keeps people alive. You use water for fucking everything. Everything. Our body, our bodies are like 70% water. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's why you should water. follow the moon cycles because them shits be doing crazy stuff to you. People get yeah. weird on full moons. It happens. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Do people do get weird on full moons. That is true. They do. Crazy sons of bitches. So like three days before and three days after, you can feel like all the things. There's something else I was going to bring up when you were talking that reminded me of something. And, of course, they're like fleeting thoughts if you don't catch them on these yeah. episodes. You're like, ah, oh, I wanted to deliver that message, but it escapes me. Yeah. Um, I still, okay, so I, I'm still like a beginner at this, right? I'm pretty sure yeah. if anybody's listening, they're like, they're still pretty new at this. We're going to give you props for it. I am still so fascinated with the magic of the ruins, the origin of it. Um, you gave me a ruins reading before we even started. Now thinking back, I wish we would have done it on air because it was like so accurate. Um, so for people that like start doing ruins, it's this the same direction that I got with tarot. It's like pick a card a day, study the card, read it, you know, meditate on it, go look at the definition, and eventually your mind will like remember all of them. Um, but how has your relationship with your intuition strengthened through your daily practice of runes? Okay, so the first thing to know about runes is that it's not a it's not a hey, this is how you should live your life, and it's not a a guide. It's not uh, a prediction or a reading of the past, right? It tells you, I do three, right? When I first started doing it, I did three and I did three on you. Um, but essentially, it, it's it's a path lies before you, right? And, and I can guide you on a path with runes, but it's going to tell you, hey, here's the right thing to do. Here's the wrong thing to do. Or here are two separate paths. You have to choose. I can't tell you what's right or wrong. And that's the one thing that I picked up right off the bat is, is that this ruins our path, right? It's it's literally telling you paths that you have taken in the past and what has happened or how you should have, you know, what you should look for or present not and sometimes in the future. The one thing that I've 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 learned from from reading the ruins is like you become more in tune with them, right? Like when I when I reach into this bag and I, I go like this, I'm not looking, right? Something just, something says, oh, grab it. So you grab it. And 
boom, you put it down. And I put it, I always put it face down so I'm not influenced by anything and I'm not looking at anything before I do it. Um, but I've learned to become more in tune with them. Uh, but also my intuition in life has become a little bit easier, right? I can, I can look at scenarios and, and from my past and even my present, and I can say, there was two paths, there was three paths that I could have taken. And which one did I take? Which one shouldn't I have taken? Um, was it the right decision? Was it not, not the right decision? I'm able to, to decipher that and really able to, to change those. And the crazy thing is anybody can read them. Anybody can read them. People look at it and it's like, oh my God, room reading. That is beyond my realm of capacity. Anybody can read them. My girlfriend, she reads rooms. She's not Norse pagan. She reads rooms and she's pretty fucking accurate. The thing is, this is about intentions. About, it's about meditation. It's about putting yourself in mindset that you are going to get the most accurate depiction of what each one of those means to you in your current state or to somebody else in their current state, not to harm them, but to give them uh, a path, right? If you're at a crossroads, runes can help get you to that point where you're like, okay, I have three separate paths, four, four paths, one, I can go right back to where I was, I can keep going straight, or I can take these diversionary paths, like let's see what, what the runes say. And it can just really give you uh, kind of like that guiding light on, on the way that that it goes right it can it can it can prevent you from self-destruction it can it can prevent you from pain but that's ultimately if you're willing to set yourself on that path and keep going i think when we wrap up like your wrap up for the show should be like okay before we go i'm gonna pull one for you and the intention is like you take it and whatever it is to you. Because we've already done the three, right? Which is kind of like yeah. the past, present, and future in a sense. But when we do a wrap-up, you're like, I'm going to pull you one run, and I'm going to read it to you before we head out. And it's it, this is my gift to you. This is this is what you're going to get. I pull my cards out, but actually I haven't felt very connected to my cards lately because I did a bunch of um, – I did a couple shows, and I did a couple private readings. And then I was like, I just want to take a break from cards I just want to go back to meditation and just kind of chill out. And I really have been pulled towards um, runes lately. They just keep coming up more and more. So I know I'll probably get a set. And I, I mean, I have runes on my hands for goodness sakes. So, I mean, yeah. they've been calling to me for a while. But um, I just find them so fascinating. So I would like to read. I pulled these out for you. All right. Mm. My library glasses. Just kidding. They're blue light blockers. Um, but for anybody that is like, where did runes come from? Or, you know, let's talk a little bit of origin-y stuff really quick. Um, it says, the runes each have their own individual sound as well as a specific meaning. When I read that, I was like, they have their own sound. Of course they have their own sound. It's just like Sanskrit how you have to say it a certain way because the way that you say it sends off a certain vibration. So the intention in the vibration. Huh, I love it so much. Um, where was I at? Which allowed for variation in how each of them were used. They could be written out to spell words phonetically or the meaning of each individual rune could be relied upon instead. 
This may have had an impact on the prevailing idea of runes as a source of magic in Norse mythology. It was believed that those with mastery over and understanding of the runes could work them into spells, using them to predict the future or enact changes on the world around them. So, um, sigils is a really big word used in like witchcraft and paganism, but sigils is like those what runes are. It's a different version of it or a different way to say it, especially according to this book. Um, but I love how it's been like carved into armor, carved into tools, weapons. I actually had a girl, she does like intuitive art and she channels runes and different symbols in the artwork that she does for people. And I have the tie-dye company that I do where I make personalized channeled patches on people's clothes. And she saw one of my shirts and she was like, we should really work together and, you know, start, start putting some runes on some clothes. And I was like, oh shit, what a great idea. I, she's like, yeah, just like, you know, some protective stuff, some stuff for strength. She's like, just really individual to like what that person needs in their time. And I guess just through it consistently being introduced to me over and over, I'm like, this is so powerful. This is so powerful. I've done like sigils and candles for anything with unconditional love. I don't do like banishments or anything like that. I don't fuck with free will stuff. Um, but like, so this, this one that I have right here, and there's also, I guess this should be said, just like languages are like modernized over time. There are different like sects of runes. Like if you think of like each family has their own set of runes that like mean the same thing. I think that's something really important to bring up because I know there's like the ones that Odin got, but then over time it's like, this is this form of rune, this is this form of rune. So I actually do need to look back and see which one this is. That's the one that resonated to me. That's why I got it. I'm huge into energy work. I think that's a known thing now. Um, so I found one that represents divine energy and I put mm -hmm. it on the most high frequency finger on me and I put it in my left hand because your left hand is receiving from the divine and then your right hand is giving out to the divine. So I had about five other runes at the time that I was actually gonna get all over my hands. And then when I went to my tattoo artist and we decided like, what are the original, like, what are we gonna keep? He was just like, okay, go ahead and choose them. And at that time, that was the only one that I really wanted on my finger based on the energy work that I was doing. So mm -hmm. I put a heart on my other hand. So it was like all unconditional love that goes out regardless. Um, mm -hmm. This consciousness spiral is seen across anything, any civilization, any religion, it doesn't matter. I know it's depicted not necessarily on a run, but somewhere as far as like them understanding spirituality and consciousness. Mm -hmm. So every time I look down at that, I'm so happy that I got it because I'm like divine, divine energy. Okay, let me go back in and look at all these other ones that it's, it's just a symbol, like a simple symbol that's easy to carve, but the meaning in them are just honestly like magical and profound. It still blows my mind. Yeah, yeah. So I can find that for you and I can send it to you, The what it is. But um, also what a lot of people don't know is that rooms are, were actually um, the alphabet. 
right, for Norse pagan, or for Norse, right? They use runes as their alphabet. And, you know, even in Germanic and all these other, you can look back and you can you can see hieroglyphs, you can see, uh, you know, parchment paper that was written on, that had runes on it, and it spelled out certain things. And I've actually, I actually, when I started diving deep into it, I started being, or like, writing it out. But it's not necessarily always accurate right so you have to learn to depict it because not every there there's 25 um 25 rooms but there's all there's 26 letters in the alphabet so you kind of have to decipher what means what and and go from there and and that's it's also crazy because runes are open for interpretation right um it's not always not this one rune doesn't isn't set in stone right so the berserker rune isn't necessarily berserker rune uh the berserker rune uh, means something completely different. So you, everything is open for interpretation, and it's really how you take it and how you use it. Well, it's true, and I'm glad you brought that up. I did skip over that part because I was too excited to just talk about the other stuff that I talked about, but it does say um, the believed origin was around 150 AD, <laughs> and before that there wasn't, like, a writing system. So... I find that fascinating with the way that we do after death, before death, bef yeah. after Christ, before Christ, all that stuff, um, and how, like, the numbers will go back and forth. So when you're really trying to picture, like, living before an alphabet or, like, a written way to communicate like that, again, I know that there's a pagan connection between, like, the Druids and Norse mythology. I know they're from two completely different places, but it really always brings me back to the way that the Druids gave their information and they didn't write anything down. It was all memorized. You went to the elders. Respect the elders is literally a Druid term. You were respecting the knowledge and the wisdom that they were casting down to future generations. So mm -hmm. in anything that I read when they're like, oh, the writing was established in this year. Before that, there wasn't anything. Well, there wasn't anything for us to pick up out of the ground and go, oh, hey, people are writing shit down in this year. So yeah. it always makes my mind go back and be like, okay, they must have done memorization. They must have had a really high gamma frequency almost to continue to stay in that channeled ancient, like their connection to the divine honestly must have been much better than what we have now. And the way that they received the knowledge and respected the knowledge is 10 times better than what we're doing now. Um, Absolutely. But I just, again, like runes are just so fascinating. Again, there's so many different ones. I think you could study it forever and still just find something new every time you look at it. I'll give you something new. Okay. Okay. Um, do you know that the runes are still prevalent today and modern culture not okay and we're talking about like in in a higher realm than just our everyday life like we use this on everyday life but do you know what that is i just saw this the other day do you know what that is? Uh, okay i know it's two runes and yes but do you know what this is the symbol well, for it's the bluetooth sign right yes but then the guy, I'm just, I'm going to let you say it. Otherwise, I'll try to find the meme and read it off. I literally just okay. found this the other day, and it blew my freaking mind. That was the symbol for the family of Harold Finehair, one of the Jarls, uh, one of the more famous Jarls also. 
his, his nickname was Harold Bluetooth. So they used that and they, they, they put it into, in a culture. Oh my gosh. I swear I can find, I just sent that to Andy the other day because literally anything Viking nors anything I find. I'm like, Andy, Andy, this is for you, bud. But I just saw that Bluetooth thing the other day and it blew my mind. Of course, yep. right when I think it's at the top of a chat, it's not. Yeah, and also, also if you look into the Orthodox symbol, that's, um, that's also a, a pagan symbol. Well, if you want to get like wah, wah, hard left turn, oh. there's actually a chapter in here that talks about um, runes and the Nazis. Yeah. And it does comparative research on where Hitler, I mean, we all know that Hitler was one of the hugest occultist esotericism mm -hmm. people ever in the world. Like when he came after you, he wasn't, I found it. He wasn't just coming after like you and your people to like kill all of you. Um, he was also coming after your history and looking for ancient knowledge to be a supreme being of superpower yeah. forces to then rule over everybody with the wrong intent, right? Um, yeah. But I skipped past it because I was like, I'm not going to bring this shit up. But what a freaking surprise that once again, when you go back studying anything, that Hitler went and took something from it and then just demolished it to make well, sure that it was awful. Well, the swastika was actually a, a Indian symbol for peace, yes. but it was flipped. So when he took it, he flipped it, it changed the meaning of it. Well, it's kind of like with the upside down cross, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll get this room ready because I have a large stop here in a few minutes. That's wonderful. Let me read that meme that I found you really quick and then we'll okay. do that. And then I have the outro music that I love playing. So it says the name Bluetooth originates from the Viking king Harold Gormson, two mm -hmm. S's, um, who reigned over a thousand years ago. He is well known for unifying factions of Denmark and Norway which is similar to how the Bluetooth technology of today allows different electronic devices to communicate. The Bluetooth logo is a combination of Nordic runes for his initials, HB. There's a debate about how he got his nickname. It is said that he enjoyed eating blueberries, which caused his teeth to turn blue, and that he had a dead tooth, which had a dark blue-gray color. But then, if you zoom in, it has... Quit being stupid. It has the two runes that they used. Boom. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ruin me, baby. All right. So I'm going to read this whole thing, but I'm going to read it in reverse because it's in reverse. It's not this. And the title of it is Constraint, Necessity, and Pain. The necessity of learning to deal with severe constraint uh, is the lesson of not this. Uh, this ruin represents the obstacle we create for ourselves as well as those we encounter in the world around us. Both can be equally difficult to handle. The role of Nautis is to identify our shadow, our dark or repressed side, places where growth has been stunted, resulting in weakness that are often uh, projected onto others. Don't take the world personally, this ruin is saying. Uh, work with the shadow, examine what it is in our nature that attracts hardship or misfortune uh, to your life. When at least you can look up the ruin of construct with a smile, you will recognize troubles, denials, and setbacks in your life. Uh, 
As your teacher guides and allies, this need for restraint is unquestionable here. Drawing this rune indicates that you may well be um, that there may well be holdups and reasons to reconsider your plans carefully. Uh, clearly, clearly there is work to be done on yourself. So. Take it with good humor and show perseverance. This is a time to pay off old debts, to restore, uh, if not in harmony, at least balance. So mend, restore, re, uh, redress. When fishermen can go to the sea, they repair nets. Let the constraints of time uh, serve you in writing your relationships with yourself. Be mindful that uh, re that rectification must come before progress and always consider the use of adversity. So in reverse, it says, as part of the cycle of uh, initiation, Nautas is a great teacher uh, disguised as the bringer of pain and limitation. It has been said that the only, that only at the moment of greatness or greatest darkness do we become aware of the light within and recognize or come to recognize the true creative power of self when something within you is disowned that which is disowned wreaks havoc a cleansing is required here an undertaking of it you fund a will and strength or and strengthen character uh begin with what is the most difficult and proceed to that which is easy, or conversely, begin with what is easy and proceed with what is most difficult. Whether or either way, remember that suffering is the original or is the original sense or original, God, I can't read, merely meant undergoing. Uh, thus, you are required to undergo a dark side of your passage and bring it into light, controlling your anger, restraining your impulses, and keeping your faith firm. Uh, all this is at issue here, uh, uh, modesty and good temper are essential at such a challenging time. So this, uh, and it's weird when you were reading that, I saw a dark thing flash across my screen and I don't know that it's even gonna pop up, but it was dark and it just, right? Yeah, uh, work's one of my favorite things to do. That's what I get um, about a lot of the things. So I have to take a break from it because it does take a lot away from me. Like my processing just kind of makes me disassociate and like my being being present, I guess, is the best thing I can say. And I want to be present for like my husband or my daughter and our life and all the things that I'm doing outside of my spiritual life and then building up all the businesses that I do. Um, but I always I always get redirected like right back down to like that route and they're like, hey make sure you're continuously doing this. And I'm like, I am, but I can only dig so much and it's going to take some time. Like I understand healing isn't linear. And I 100% believe that DMT and ayahuasca are two things that one, I want to document and show people for educational purposes, what it can do. Um, and I also like, I've like, I have a bag of stuff over here that I'm like, I will face this in Costa Rica on an ayahuasca retreat. I will, I will finally be able to sit down with the right people, with the right shamans, and I'll be able to dig through this in the right supported space, right? Like, it, cause it feels like a nuclear bomb in my root chakra sometimes. And I'm like, I'm addressing this. I'm writing about this. I've let a lot of stuff go, but there are certain things shadow wise that I'm like, 
let me know when I'm ready to go and I'm ready to meet the mother because I'm ready. I really am ready to like pull those roots out and like regrow like good trees, I guess you could say. But um, it's very affirming. And it's yeah. so great because the song I picked today is called Feel Better. And it's, it's light and fluffy. So before we get out of here, I want to thank you, thank you, thank you again for coming on and um, just talking with me, having some good talks about Odin, trickling into other things of mythology and just kind of, you know, we're just here to give an alternative perspective and show people all the other things that maybe they don't have time to research. So if you're listening or looking at us on YouTube, hi, thank you so much for um, listening and Sean, thank you for coming along and just always showing me all your crystals and your runes and keeping me up to date with your spiritual progress. Always, always. I'm blessed to be here. Sweet. I love it. Keep up with me. And before we get out of here, Vitality Exposed is going to bring us Feel Better by Neovi. So enjoy this little clip and we will see you all in the next episode. This is the Hoosier Media Network, your home for podcasting.